I think I may have told this story in a homily before, so forgive me if you've heard it before, but um, when I lived in California for a couple summers working on the, uh, a hand crew in the Forest Service, one of my friends that I made out there, his uncle owned a ranch, and he had cows that kind of grazed on these alfalfa fields until it was kind of exhausted, and then they'd have to move the cows to another field. So our job one Saturday morning was to move the cows from one field to another. The first step being to get them all into a pasture and then from that pasture into a trailer. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with cows, but they're not all that smart. And uh, you don't need to do much to scare them. So we basically just, like six of us guys, made a huge circle in the larger field around all the cows and just sort of clapped our hands and moved closer to them until they all kind of confusedly clumped up in a ball together. And then we, we closed in the circle to get them into the pasture. Now this worked for almost all the cows, except there was one calf who was kind of sprightly and got so spooked that he jumped over the fence into the open range. Uh, And we thought, oh gosh, now he's going to get out. But his mother was inside the pasture. So he stayed right on the edge of the fence. Even though he was free to go wherever he wanted, he stayed right there and uh, was crying just as the mother clumped up in this huge kind of cacophony of cows all mooing, uh, you could hear her above all the voices going, just sort of like uh, screaming for her child. And we got all the cows into the trailer except the calf, and the the screaming and the bleating got even more dramatic. And you could hear, you could almost like see her face through the silhouette of all these cows screaming for her calf, and the calf too. And so eventually the calf jumped back over and got into the trailer. I never forgot that image. It was so striking, the natural bond between two animals. You think the intellect of a cow is so basic, but that bond between mother and child is so strong. And it's in all of nature, the protective instinct of mooses and bears and everything. Like We know that that instinct to preserve your child is just really strong, and the, the instinct of the child to cleave or cling to the mother is also very strong. Well, we human beings obviously are much higher level beings. We have a spiritual soul, rational intellect, free will. But we're not less than the animals. We have at least what the animals have. Our bonds to one another, to our family, to our friends, to our nation, those are all basic instincts that in Christ are sacramentalized, they're baptized to something even higher. Today is Mother's Day. We all recognize the mother as your really primary allegiance. It's the first person you know and the first face you imprint on. This relationship of love should be the most basic natural bond, the deepest love you have. It's very particular. And we could say as spiritual souls, oh, you should love everyone equally. And that's true. God does say we are all brothers and sisters of a common father. But still, as natural beings, as human beings, we have these particular relationships that are most important, like your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters. But the point is that in Christ, it's not that, okay, now everybody's my brother, sister, mother, father. We're all related, all members of the human family. And so my particular relations aren't as important. On the contrary, the particular relations teach you what it means that everyone is your brother, your sister, your mother, your father that we are all related. You have to understand what it means to be loved in the particular 
situation, your particular heart, your particular background, in order to understand the depth of God's love for you and the kind of love he's calling you to. Because God's love for us is not less specific, less particular, less uniquely tailored to your heart than your mother's love or your father's love. God's love is even more particular. He understands you even better. And we are like that calf that's jumped over the fence. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Like, even if we run from God, even if, if we reject his love, our hearts still know where we came from, who we belong to. And the farther we stray, the more painful it is, the more his love draws us back to him. And our hearts know if we're with the one we're supposed to be with. I was just yesterday down in Blue Island where my parish was, where I was for the last four years. And uh, I was doing a quinceanera mass and a, a wedding anniversary mass. And I was on the street there in Blue Island and a few of the parishioners saw me and got out of their cars and ran over. And these were ladies who were at mass every day, some of way holier than me, love God way more than I do, just like really, really Catholic souls and beautiful people. And they saw me, who was their priest for four years, and the one woman, older uh, Hispanic lady, who was daily mass goer, prayed the rosary after mass every single day, always prayed for me. She looked at me and she, she started crying, just looking at me. And she couldn't look at me. She's like, los ojos. <laughs> she couldn't look at me without crying because she loved me so much because I was her priest. And it was particularly, you know, like they have a new priest now. The parish has gone through some struggles. Uh, but... Uh, what am, what am I to her? But I saw in her face, looking at me, kind of my identity, who I was. It reminded me what it means to be a priest, what it means to people to give them the Eucharist, to absolve their sins, to be another Christ. We learn who we are from people's particular love for us. And that was a great gift, and I prayed about it this morning, and I will continue to pray about it. That that's God loving me. That he knows me, he loves me in my particular personality. I have my faults, certainly. But she saw the good in me that God can see. And that inspires me. I don't know about you, but when you feel loved like that, particularly in your humanity, it makes you want to be better. It makes you want to love more. Today is the National Day of Prayer for, um, besides just Mother's Day, it's the National Day of Prayer for vocations to the priesthood and the consecrated life. We pray that God will call more uh, men and women to the priesthood and to the consecrated life, to religious life, to vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, to, to really hear the shepherd's voice and to follow him unreservedly. God knows the church needs radical witnesses of God's love um, today more than ever. But in order to discern a vocation, God is calling people to all sorts of vocations, to the priesthood, consecrated life, to marriage. But in order to discern that vocation, in order to really hear the shepherd's voice, I mean, he's, he's calling all the time, but there are all these voices. It's like all those cows in the trailer. How does the calf know which one is his mom? Well, he can recognize her, but he has to be paying attention and listening for that particular voice, that particular love, which is God's love. And so the way to know if I'm called to whatever vocation is when I listen to this voice that's calling me, this desire or this hunger that's in my heart, when I respond to that voice, how does my heart respond? Blaise Pascal said, the heart alone is infallible. The heart knows. 
So when I respond to this voice, when I follow this instinct or this prompting, this spirit, do I feel encouraged, hopeful, enthusiastic, more generous? Or when I follow this voice, whether it be morally neutral or sinful, when I follow this voice, do I get discouraged, desolate, depressed, ashamed, bored? You can tell when you feel the pain of walking away or, or, or moving away from the true voice that's guiding you home, that's guiding you to your identity, to who you are in Christ. God knows we need priests and, and consecrated, but more than anything, we need people who have come alive, who have heard God's voice and have been sent out on mission like Paul and Barnabas and the rest of the apostles in the Acts. That these men and women have been called, have heard the voice of the shepherd, and have responded in love to follow him.